What if I told you that I wanted to drop a 45,000 NFT collection that featured a famous person? It would be a generative art project depicting this person with multiple costumes overlaid over the body. Then what if I told you that most of these NFTs actually had no benefits or utilities? However, some of them granted the holder access to certain things such as Zoom calls, cocktail hours, or even a round of golf but the vast majority of them were strictly for collectible purposes. In addition to that, what if I told you that I wanted to release these NFTs in the depths of the bear market right before the holidays? Oh, and I wanted to release them for a price of $99 on the Polygon network. So today we're going to discuss why this crazy idea became one of the most successful NFT drops of all time. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So with all these celebrity drops and all these NFT projects that are launching, going to the moon and crashing, or just being a complete failure from day one, any project that did these kinds of numbers would have to draw some favorable press and attention from the NFT community because what it did is absolutely ridiculous. And truthfully, if it wasn't associated with one particular person in general, it would be one of the most revered projects. We'd be doing case studies, trying to learn from it and what have you. So before I actually reveal who was featured on these cards and what it was associated with, because I don't want that to be a distraction. That's why I didn't even put it in the title, although it would have been great for search engines and what have you. More people would have found this episode. However, I want the lessons to be taken from it because of what great things were done during it. A lot could be learned from this project. But before I even get to that, what I'm going to do is give you some numbers as to show exactly how impressive this was. These 45,000 NFTs actually sold out in 17 hours. Since then, there has been over 9,000 ETH or $10 million worth of secondary sales at the point of recording this, which is not too shabby considering that there is a 10% royalty. So in essence, the total from the drop and the secondary sales to this point at recording this on the 5th of January is about 5.5 million US dollars worth of sale. And the floor price is at 0.17 ETH or $200. So 2X the original $99 release. Now, the reason why I am quoting this quite often in US dollars is going to become very evident in just a bit. But I want to say there are some great starting points for this project. So a lot of people might think this could be easily replicated. Other celebrities and famous people could just follow this blueprint and do exactly what was done and release 45,000 NFTs or whatever it is and set up a similar model. However, the starting point for this particular project is something that is unique and should be noted. And first of all, the person that is featured on this has a diehard fan base. People absolutely either love this person or hate this person. And the people that love this person are supportive beyond belief. Not to mention, they are extremely engaged. So it's one thing to be a fan of a particular property or a particular series or a particular person or team or whatever it is, but it is another thing to be engaged. Just using a fan analogy of sports teams, I'm going to use myself as an example. I might say that I am a New York Yankees fan because I grew up in New York. 
during the 90s when they were winning World Series. And as a kid, I just remember looking at Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, and those people and saying, yes, I'm a Yankee fan. But truthfully, I'm not really a baseball fan, so I couldn't tell you how many Yankees game I have seen in the last 10 years, despite my parents being extreme Mets fans, which is sort of plays into why I like the Yankees. I just wanted to just be a little bit different in the household and root for the other New York team. But as far as being an engaged fan, no, I don't watch a lot of games. I don't think I own anything with the New York Yankees on there or anything of that nature. So am I really a true fan or am I just someone who supports that team? If they're on, I'll watch them, I'll root for them or whatever it is, right? So that's the difference between an engaged fan and a true fan, a diehard fan. For example, my college football team happens to be the Miami Hurricanes. Win, lose, or draw, I'm a big fan. I watch their games. I listen to the radios. I'm watching it for recruiting in the offseason. I have all sorts of memorabilia. I'm in the Twitter circles and everything about It's completely different. That is a true engaged fan. Now, with this person, once I say who this person is, you'll see how engaged and true their fans are. Not to mention, in addition to that, absolute master of marketing. So when personal brands are being created, I think this person is someone that should be studied regardless of which side of the fence you are. In this day and age, digital world, personal branding is a huge thing. Everyone wants to have their own little logo, their brand, their website, their personal image, their Instagram page, and all their social medias fitting that and so forth. But guess what? This person has been doing it way before social media, and social media in this digital world just made it even more scalable and easy to do. So building an NFT project or releasing some collectible cards around this is an amazing starting point. Although someone might be an extremely popular figure on top of the headlines and so forth today, that might not necessarily mean that they're going to have a successful drop as far as NFT goes. Because as we've seen, many celebrity drops absolutely are failures. They fall flat on their face. And it's sort of the running joke right now in the NFT community is that pretty much if an NFT is any way associated with some sort of celebrity or famous person, it's going to be a failure. Now, with this, those things that I just laid out is really what separates it from all those ones. It has such a different starting point altogether. But now let's go to some NFT specific points for this project itself. The utilities are very valuable to the target audience. So the people that are looking at this and saying, okay, well, this is something that I want to support because I am a fan of this person. Well, the utility for the vast majority of them, as I said, is just a collectible piece. It is just art, something to laugh about, the novelty of it. However, for the select few that actually do have some benefits associated with it, such as the Zoom calls and those things. Those are things that everyone that would be within that fan base would be interested in because they would want access to this person that they otherwise wouldn't have. This is not the type of person that you can just go to a concert with and just hang out with. It is not very easy to access this person for multiple reasons, which will come up later on once you actually hear who this person is. But as far as something that would be valuable for them, one thing that they really honed in on is if you have 45 of these, you actually have admission to a gala. So 45 at $99 is $4,455 worth of ETH to make this purchase and attend this gala. That's very interesting for more than one point because not only does that guarantee that the true diehard fans, which would actually be only a thousand of those if they all had 45 each, 
would have access to the gala and want to do this. But guess what? That hold part, because remember, that is the admission to get into the event, is going to be holding 45. So that also means that these are not going to be sold. They're not going to be put up on the secondary market. Although you cannot stop DGENs and people of that nature coming in, they're going to flip, which is also a good thing because that's what's going to give the secondary volume. But you can actually see at the point of recording this, there's only 8% of these listed right now. So that means that very few people are actually listing and selling it to generate that 8,000 ETH worth of secondary sales, which is pretty impressive itself. The DGENs are coming and they're going, but the people that want to attend this gala, which was actually limited to, as I said, would be a thousand people at 45, but the sale was limited to 100 NFTs per wallet holder or per household, however they set this up. So that way, let's say you have six people that want to go to this, you'd have to figure out a creative way, either buying them on secondary market or using different accounts and so forth to make this purchase. But either way, it's going to guarantee that not everyone that of those, you know, 1,000 are going to go to people that are holding it. It's going to leave some for that secondary sale. And of course, getting those 10% commissions, which is, I think, just a great thing. So the way this is actually structured is very interesting from a sales point because within this whole uh, ecosystem of NFTs, we know that if everyone wants to sell it, let's say it's a whole bunch of DGENs, eventually that's just going to instantly cause the floor to crash because everyone wants to sell it, unload it, and not be the last one stuck with it. However, knowing that you have to hold 45 of these to get into that gala, it's going to give the people the incentive to diamond handsies, right? But going back to the whole the, the launch of itself, $99 worth of ETH is actually only about 0.08 ETH. You know, ETH is bouncing around, but at this point of recording it, it's about where it is right now. And that is pretty affordable. It might sound sort of expensive on Polygon. However, that is affordable considering what these diehard fans are going to get access to. And it's also unique that it was priced in dollars from the get-go. Reason being is it allowed people to use their credit cards or debit cards to make the purchase. Actually, it was almost encouraged that people did that because to use ETH to make this purchase, you would actually have to do the KYC process and so forth. But if you're coming in using your debit card or credit card, you would just purchase it and go. So now, as far as the tech part, the people not necessarily needing to understand crypto and all of that, all of that was handled in a very unique way. They actually use something called a Taurus wallet, which I should do an entire episode on after the fact. But long story short, it is a wallet that allows you to sign up using email, social network handles and so forth. You know, like your logins, like you say, login with Google, login with Twitter or so forth. Well, you can set up with that. Then also you can link it to your device and using multiple of these checkpoints, you need two out of three in order to log in. That is how the private keys are split up. So there's no writing down of seed phrases and what have you. It's encrypted and split up. If you have multiple devices and these different accounts, it's going to be shared across all that. And you need two out of those three touch points in order to log in. So it's very interesting on how this thing is designed and that wallet itself is very cool. But what it does is for this particular project, using that partnering with it, speaking everything with dollars instead of ETH, it opens it up to all those people that are not crypto native. 
And that is why I would say this thing sold out in 17 hours because 45,000 NFTs, that is a massive number. But if it was just up to the crypto people alone, the diehard people that knew what their wallets were, had their MetaMask set up and everything, it would have not gone so well. Or if it were allowing people to get in in other ways, but then you had to onboard them, not only setting up their crypto wallet, but then making sure it's configured for Polygon, that would have also slowed down the process. So I think this was just a great thing, the rollout for the page, the question and answers, all the information that was in it, just absolutely ridiculous because they answered all sorts of questions. Everything was just simple. It was a great onboarding process. So why aren't more people speaking about this project and saying all the good things that happened here and how can we emulate this? How can we learn from this and things going forward to just take all this knowledge and apply it into whatever it is that we're building in the future? Well, if you haven't noticed by certain things and hints that were in this, a polarizing figure, 45,000, holding 45 of these NFTs, there were a lot of clues that hinted towards it being the 45th president of the United States, Mr. Donald Trump himself. Now, truthfully, this project was made by a third party and they just licensed his likeness in order to make this. So technically, it's not going towards him. He was just paid a fee, whatever that is in his organization. And this third party company set everything up, built it on the brand that he's built over the years. Love it or hate it. It is a very powerful brand with diehard fans. Everything was just communicated very simply. The onboarding process was very easy and the utility or the benefits that were associated with the few randomized ones or things like those Zoom calls, that is something that his fan base would absolutely want. They would want to speak to Mr. Trump himself because a lot of these people will never have the opportunity to do so. And having that quote unquote lotto ticket, if you will, for $99 is a great price. Or if you're someone who has $4,500, you can buy those 45, hold it, and you're guaranteed to get into the gala. And if you think about it, these presidential galas and all these things, you know, with the rich and famous, $45,000 is, you know, relatively cheap considering I've heard $100,000 plates and things like that for some of these events. So with that said, I just think it's very interesting and it's also a very interesting case study as that third party company because this is not associated with his campaign or anything political whatsoever. Of course, this is a political figure and this is a polarizing figure at that. However, this company, as I said, licensed his likeness created this and it's an interesting business model. Great case study that would be. I'd actually like to reach out to this company, see if maybe we can get some insight into how they did things because I think that'd be just very valuable. But going forward, I think this is just an amazing thing as far as how this was actually structured, things that we can learn from it, whether or not you enjoy this person or are a supporter of the person or not. But I think it's just a shame that more of the NFT community is not highlighting it. But I'd love to know, what were your thoughts on all of this? Did you already know upfront who this project was about and so forth? And what are your thoughts about the numbers, how things were structured? Please feel free to let me know at Tropic Vibes on Twitter or using the contact information in the show notes. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.